Hello. I hope everyone and their loved ones are safe and well in these troubling times. Welcome to a new episode of Where the Chasm is Bridged, a podcast by Behind the Scenes or BTS. We are back with our ongoing theme of cast or class with a book recommendation by one of our research interns. When I had checked in here, it was filled with known and familiar faces. Some left after breakfast, a few disappeared after lunch, others went away after tea. Now it was time for dinner and no one was left. I, the patriarch, seemed to have sat down at an empty table. This excerpt captures the essence of a beautifully crafted novel, Chorangi. Inspired by the lives of diverse people from all walks of life, feelings shaped by the experiences of the past, the bustle of the present, and the enigma of the future. In some senses, it can be called a compilation of many short stories. Chorangi by Mani Shankar Mukherjee goes by the pen name Shankar, first published in 1962, has translated into an enapturing movie and a masterpiece of a play. Set around Hotel Shah Jahan, the novel captures a person's story, their history, their trials and tribulations, and the expectant aura of the future in each and every brick of the hotel. While every corner of the rather luxurious hotel seems to resound with joy and energy, in reality, it brings forth the concealed melancholy in the lives of the characters. Some troubled by the ghosts of their past, some recovering from poverty, and some fearing their own emotions. Each character adds volume to the plot of the novel. Each word of the novel meticulously captures the essence of an enigmatic location, an era, and a multitude of emotions ranging from hope, companionship, suspense, and loss. The characters portray many facets of people's lives socially, economically, and racially. And since caste and class are known to be two sides of a coin, it is captured in Chorangi through its characters, some of whom we wish to portray in this podcast. The first amongst them is the narrator Shankar. Managing a stable financial position, working under an English lawyer as a clerk, Shankar finds himself driven down the hole of poverty after the lawyer's death. He starts living by the roadside, selling paper baskets, making barely enough for himself. Soon after, his chance meeting with one of his old friends, Mr. Byron, helps him secure the job of a receptionist at Hotel Shah Jahan. The job offer was a result of Mr. Byron's familiarity with the hotel's manager, Mr. Marco Polo. Thereafter, his life at the hotel was not an easy ride. He performs a variety of tasks at the hotel, works for long odd hours, resides in a rather abject room on the terrace of the hotel, and receives wages far lower than what he deserves. After some months, the hotel is taken over by a sly, money-minded, opportunistic Mr. Agrawal and his like-natured friend, Mr. Folka Chatterjee. Together, they plan to change the entire landscape of the hotel. Mr. Chatterjee wishes for the hotel to be staffed by European workers and appeal more to people's entertainment and pleasure rather than utility. Thus, Shankar, completely stranded in a hotel bustling with people, is left at the disposal of the upper-class management. Mr. Agrawal overlooks his dedicated service and decides to fire him. To add more distress to his situation, he mocks Shankar's pay, saying that even though Shankar was a non-permanent employee, Mr. Agrawal was kind enough to offer him the full payment for the month. 
Consequently, Shankar's finances receive a hit once again. Alongside Shankar, a prominent character in the novel was Satya Sundar Bose, popularly known as Sata. Working at the hotel for over 12 years, Sata had found familiarity and solace within the glittering walls of the hotel and the dullness of the walls of his own room. He had grown into Shankar's mentor and had the charismatic ability to please everyone with a warm smile. The stories of these characters portray the aspect of dignity of labor in a very vivid light. With no security of tenure, irregularities of income, no written contract of employment or terms of pay, Shankar and Sata personify the entire community of blue-collared workers who are overshadowed by the splendor of places like Hotel Shah Jahan. Only at the time of need were they remembered by those higher up in the hierarchy of the hotel's management. Aside from that, they were given none of the compliments they deserved. Alongside this, Shankar even received a suspension letter. Anyway, caste hampers the occupation that an individual can do, especially if they are of lower caste. Adding to that, having no job stability only increases their woes. Just like the burial ground workers who had no security, no tenure of employment, even though they worked for the government. Another important character comes in the form of Karabi Guha, who is a hostess at the lavish suite in the hotel. She extends her hospitality to help a rich young businessman, Anindo Patrashi, close an important deal with two German businessmen. In the exchanges that follow between Karabi and Anindo, both of them begin falling in love with one another. The difference in their class grows out to be a major hindrance in their relationship for Mrs. Pakrashi, Anindo's mother. She goes on to mock Karabi for her profession, disrespects it by calling it indecent, and asks her to name her price to leave her son behind. Uncharacteristically outraged at this confrontation, Karabi presents some pieces of evidence to Mrs. Pakrashi that reveals that she herself was cheating on her husband. Ridden with insecurities of this news leaking out, Mrs. Pakrashi agrees on Karabi and Anindo's marriage on the condition that Karabi would destroy the evidence. However, Karabi starts feeling guilty about forcing herself on Mrs. Pakrashi and violating her sense of self. As, as a sudden impulse, she commits suicide. Just like Karabi, the novel portrays Connie, a cabaret dancer from Scotland in the company of a lubricious audience and speaks of such an environment in a rather complicit tone. Karabi and Connie, both these characters, thus portray an essential element of the story, citing the nature of their profession as obstructions from viewing them decently. Certain characters in the novels justify their selfish actions. This puts the question of class and the associated dignity of one's work under perspective once again, perhaps even more intensely. Their characters make this question the politics of dignity and the specific frameworks within which it is socially justified. Certain stigma is attached to their occupations with neither a decent wage nor a respectful glance given to them. While every job commands respect, society confines certain occupations with the threshold of being obscene. Both Karabi, Connie, and the burial ground workers in Bangalore face these stigmas with no fault of their own. Chorangi thus intertwines several aspects of urban life and patches it with today's social realities, even after being like 60 years old. This makes us question whether through the years, we as a society have been able to present 
the workers with the dignity they deserve to be treated with. Working to promote this wave of dignity of labor behind the scenes draws inspiration from stories like Chorangi and the stories of burial ground workers to continue their endeavors to ensure financial stability, access to resources, and nurture empathy for blue-collar employees. Even though this story is not a reality, it is safe to assume that it is inspired by the society of that era. Many Shankars and many Karabis would even today be disrespected and mocked for their profession or caste or in most cases, both. I would like to leave you with a question. Is it really necessary to cloud your own thinking with such narrow ideas? Think about that. Till then, stay tuned, stay safe.